0: Welcome to another episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast and as always we'd like to thank our sponsors Harborough for their continued support. This week it's my pleasure to have the chairman I think and president of the Texel Sheep Society amongst many other things there uh, Jeff Aitken originally from Northern Ireland and now across there of course at uh, Proctor's Farms in in Yorkshire. Jeff welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much nice to be here.
0: And Jeff, I mentioned originally from Northern Ireland. Your mother and father, I met many times. Great uh, Border Leicester breed. Your mother, I think, great Border Leicester breeders over there in, in in Northern Ireland.
1: Yeah, well, um, my dad's and mum's flock of Border Leicester's and they're well over a hundred years old. I think maybe the oldest flock in the Border Leicester flock book at the moment. So yeah, I was brought up with um, Border Blue Blueface Leicesters and Charlies. So on a on a sort of mixed farm and a uh, small dairy herd as well. So
0: I remember them well, and you, they were hard to beat in the broad lesters. probably still are as well, and some cracking Charleys And your brother's, your brother, Johnny, older than you or younger than you? Hi, Johnny's uh, four years older than me. Um, uh-huh.
1: He looks, um, he looks he, it, he looks it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> he looks more than four years, actually. <laughs> 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 yeah, my brother introduced the Charlies, uh Just after he left school, so um, uh, from the late um, Mr. Robertson's flock. That's um,
0: right, johnny has been on on the podcast here talking about Cheryl Ace from Terry Robertson, which was a great flock. And uh, Although this is a a livestock podcast, uh, Jeff, I know we share a passion for the sport of rugby, and I think you played rugby at a fairly high level there in, in Northern Ireland.
1: Yeah, I was um I was lucky enough through school to play um Ulster under sixteens and then club level Ulster under eighteens, Ulster or Irish under eighteens and Irish under twenty one. So um yeah, it was pretty good and I played on the senior rugby at Barnbridge rugby club at Rifle Park. So yeah. well, I coached my son at the local club at uh, Kirby Lonsdale. So, so still still heavily involved in it.
0: Still got your hand in there doing a bit of coaching, yeah and I was Oh yeah. So you said there in Northern Ireland, then you moved to the UK, and, and well, I remember you working for, for John Forsyth at uh, Glenside, probably one of the top Texel sheep flocks in the country. And uh, was that you straight in there, in, That your first time moving into Yeah, Western well, I, remember,
1: I was sort of around England, just around different farms, getting experience just on, on arable farms, beef farms, sheep farms. And then um, John John Forsyth called me up and asked me what to go and do as lambing in the year 2000, and um, I did do that and uh've been there ever since till two thousand
0: and five so. uh, would would you be surprised how good the sheep were at Glenside it was a hell of a flocker
1: i often I often tell people the first time I walked into the lambing shed I saw this flock of eyes, and it was just it was just unbelievable It just blew me away out. There was <clears throat> about eighty eyes in the shed, and any one of them could have want a shoe anywhere. Most of them were um Muriel's Blondin daughters like, and he he did a serious job for them. So
0: sure, he yeah. certainly did. London, I, I remember buying a blondin son myself there, and you were at Glenside a long time. And during that time, how many Highland Show wins at Glenside ever won? And certainly, how many w- were you involved in? Quite a few, I think, uh, Jeff.
1: Yeah, well, I'd four out of five the years I was there because um, there was one year we didn't show was because Jennifer's dad was uh, judging. So and then yeah, and then John. Um, John had multiple more uh, wins after after that as well mm. so the most famous one is probably Lulu Glenside Lulu she's um, I did a thing for a Scottish farmer and they asked me what was the best sheep I've ever seen and I, I said Glenside Lulu
0: uh, would I be right in thinking her number 05159 am I the right sheep? Yeah yeah uh. yeah I
1: remember lamming uh, the mother was 0296 and um, she was a nibs daughter and uh Lulu was by Celtic star. But I remember um, lambing her and I put my hand in and felt these two hind legs coming. And John happened to be with me at the time. I said, what do you want to do? He said, "Oh, give it a pull. So <laughs> the pull got bigger and bigger and bigger and I thought there was no chance for this. But in a couple of minutes she was up sucking, and she stood sacking at the hind as a ewe lamb and then the, yeah, I think she was on beating after that as a Gimmarandi.
0: Am I right? I think she went on to win the very last Royal the english royal show as well didn't you not? That's correct. yeah yeah
1: okay. no hi serious beast serious yeah. beast
0: yeah and 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 that was your would that be your last year then at uh, at uh, glenside uh,
1: last last year there was um
0: <coughs>
1: glenside king um he was an imp son um, sold him at lannock for 25000 to dugan hill court hill there's deer so yeah, that was my last year there. So, yeah. Yeah, just unbelievable stock to work with. Just
0: serious. Phenomenal times. And as you said, the year you, you didn't win was when, when... Taggy was judging we will talk about Taggy because he he'll talk about you if we don't. So we give him a bit of stick, a <laughs> bit of stick. your know, your father-in-law there. But uh, no, yeah, creepy, I, creepy. I,
1: I <laughs> quite often say to people when they talk about Taggy says he does talk a lot of crap, but the odd time he does say something quite <laughs> quite sensible that you must take on board. So, <laughs> but again, he's a he's a very very good stocksman. You can't take that away from him. And he's had multiple title wins as well through uh, through showing prime lambs or showing the Highlander other local shows he's uh yeah as far as stocks men go he's he's up
0: there like i enjoyed enjoyed his company watching the shower the cattle uh, at uh, at carlisle a couple of weeks ago and uh, yeah we had a good night there and uh, and so moving on you moved on from from glenside to uh, <laughs> to a character should i say and a character we need to get here <laughs> sometime you went to work for john Mellon at at uh, at hull house and john some boy
1: yeah, in between that times, obviously I met Jennifer and um, got married, and then um, we sort of wanted to see the different side of the taxol job, whether we like it or not. It's two different jobs. Um, so John Mellon was very, very much commercial based, and um, sold a lot of. tops, and just a total different caliber of sheep from going down to to Glenside, to the whole house, um, just concentrating more on the on the commercial aspects of the of the breed.
0: And uh, John had been a, I would say a playboy isn't the right word, but he'd been a boy that'd been the top of the breed in his younger days as a very young man. Him and him and Stuart Curry were, yeah, you know, the kiddies on the block really when the the Texas were around in the probably you know, the late yeah, late eighties, and and then John has sort of steadied down a little bit. Um, by the time you got there, and, and uh, as you said, going a bit more commercial, a bit more making profit out of it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, um, just commercially minded. Um, but again, just before that, I think his Yorkshire show record will be will be fairly high as well. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> there'd be one person to win more Yorkshire shows than him in the last couple of decades, and that'd be yourself, uh, Jeff. So, um, <laughs> so, what what was John like to work with? Would he, uh, would he be would he be uh, easy man to work with, work for?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he uh, he let you get on with it. Um, he asked you for your input, and um, yeah, and uh, Linda was heavily involved in the farm as well. And um, yeah, we had a very good working relationship, and um, we um, tried our best to take the flock forward as, as best we can.
0: Good. So. Well, you had a, a Hull House space cowboy, I think. Was that was that a t- Was on your watch? Made a lot of money. A good sheep.
1: No, that was just after my watch. Um, uh yeah i space guy i think he was a goes back to glenside for size son um grandson but um yeah no a very very good lamb again went to i think glenside actually bought him and uh, uh, done a good job for
0: him so. and, and then move on then to your your move to uh proctor's farms as a lot of people will know you at and, and you know highly successful I that you've been there for quite a long time. When was it you went to Proctor's? What was the year we're we looking at? I
1: went, um, went to Proctor's at Sladeburn in 2009. Um, they, they, did, they did have a few tackles, but, textles, but we got asked to re-establish the flock and got offered the job. Um, and we just thought it was an opportunity between working at Glenside and Hull whole house to to sort of breed two flocks, if you know what I mean, um, one commercially minded and the other, and everybody's allowed to have this dream of selling a lamb at Lanark, So um, we, we did that as well. So uh, the Proctor's Flock and the Tatum Hall Flock now, because we moved farms during our time there um, over next to Kirby Lonsdale um, to a farm called Tatum Hall. And... Uh, Increase the numbers along with a uh, fifty-eight uh, flock, Beltech flock as well. So
0: okay, let's just go back into that a little bit more more detail. So the the, the Tatum Hall flock was a, a different flock based in a different place and run similar bloodlines, I suppose, <coughs> but run as a different ent- entity, particularly as you said, for breeding commercial. Um...
1: <laughs> with the Proctor flock, you're, yeah, you're still obviously looking at your carcass and stuff, but you're looking more more flesh and head as well, and. If you took that into a commercial market around here, you were you were sort of in a hiding to nothing, really. So um, uh, we had to breed what the commercial man wanted. So we went to a couple of sales at Kirl Island and um, bought some uh, females off Jonathan Watson, Brujon and Ted Fox. But our original guys came from uh, Jackie and Will Forrester. Uh, Dun good flock. We bought 10, we joined a flock competition down there one year and we saw these. These feel like gimmers and just serious tops and ends and skins on them and narrower off their heads. And um, Jennifer, you know, she was brought up with her father breeding uh, very strong commercial shearling. So that was her her baby, if you like. And um, she said, um, I would like 10 of them gimmers to, to start the shearling flock as it is.
0: Sure. And, and you run those flocks separately, but I mean, practices where you're you will be known uh, obviously everybody will know uh, Procter's farms and you hit the highlight he won the great, great yorkshire show in his first year and and then took the show circuit and uh, it, it's the experience that you obviously that you've had before certainly at uh, at Glenstone, Yeah. what have you But him mean, you you built that flock uh, jeff there's no doubt about that
1: no no that's true and um, we were very lucky to get our hands on
0: harro ringleader
1: um he was a, he was a, boy I would say established the flock here at Proctors <coughs> his, his females were outstanding and it was them that really put us on the show circuit um, winning the winning the great Yorkshire show um, with, a, with a ringleader daughter so and then a couple of years later we're, we managed to win the Highland and we've been reserve champion of other two times at the Highland. so okay.
0: yeah.
1: and I think we've won the Royal Welsh. Yeah, uh, well, definitely won it three years in the trot, and then two previous years before that as well. So, um,
0: yeah, yeah. You've certainly, yeah, certainly done your shares on the on the show circuit. You've gone on and sold a, a, a lot of decent sheep at a, a, a good trade. And what's the what's the top trade that you've been at there from Proctors?
1: Top well, top. Um, we bought uh, Sportsman's Batman um, at Carlisle. It was a serious money; it was a hundred thousand. But um, again his males and females did the job and we managed to have a ewe lamb called Cinderella. She was breed champion, continental interbreed champion at the Great Yorkshire and then she went on to win the Welsh and she was actually interbreed champion at the Welsh. And That year was the year, um, well the following year was the year that uh, Double Diamond was sold and I was lucky enough to be involved in a consortium which we then Crossed with Cinderella, and we sold uh, we sold a lamb off of her. At lamb for eighty thousand. Um, El Presidente, and a, another lamb that day for fifty two, and another one for ten thousand. So
0: we'll go back to Double Diamond. Uh, uh. We've got a lot of listeners across the globe here as well and and Double Diamond, we're talking sportsman's Double Diamond was £350,000 for one lamb. Some people say a lot of money. Uh, I think everybody says a lot of money, but uh, a fantastic sheep and I think everybody says probably one of the best Texel lambs they, that they've seen and you must have agreed with that. Uh, and as you said, that's, that's you taking that lamb or a share of that lamb on and uh, getting your money back, uh, Jeff.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, um, the first... Um, uh, the first time I saw him I happened to go down to Charlie's to see him and he was he had a very good pen of lambs that well, very, very good pen of lambs that year, but this this last lamb he puts into the ring as he does um uh, he was just outstanding. Um he had a he had all the commercial traits, he had all the pedigree traits that you would look for in a sheep and um he's passed it on. Um and uh, we sold four females in lamb to him that year and they averaged bang on Twenty thousand a piece, so I was sitting with another forty thousand, needing to get back to break even. And we sold our first son for eighty thousand. So um, after selling our fifth sheep, we were forty thousand in profit yeah, so. yeah, Brilliant!
0: Brilliant! And people don't understand that—that that it is the top end of that. But I mean, there's a lot of that still goes on. There'll be, I'm sure, there'll be semen sold and what have you. I mean, at three hundred fifty thousand, that top will have sold a million pound and with it, with a,
1: a progeny. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, he's done well for all three flocks, which is which is even better. Um, uh, Alan Blackwood, the old houseborn. He sold one for a hundred thousand, and um, the other guy sold one for twenty four thousand. Then Jeff Stewart, yeah. So, and um, he's just a guy not long started, and fair play to him. He he took a share on the top, and he's done well for him too. So,
0: it is good. It's a it's a hell of a to people that listen to this. It's a hell of a an investment to put that sort of money in, but three hundred fifty thousand is a, is a lot of money, probably. <laughs> Record that won't be beaten for a for a while, or maybe it will. I don't know. But it's just right. people ask <clears> how it comes about. Know?
1: Every now and again, every now and again, something special comes along, and it was his year that year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing, the most important thing about that, to put out there, is that a lot of people, underbidders and buyers, are they businessmen as well as as farmers, and you get all the negative feedback from the in the farming world about farmers. Um, spending a sort of money, but um, it was uh, a lot of business men involved in that uh, as well, not just uh,
0: sure. not just farming background. And uh, remind me who the underbidders group were on that one?
1: I uh, think it was a consortium from Aberdeen. I um, think Jim Innes was in on him and uh, Hilltop, Kenny Pratt, and a few other ones. So, yeah,
0: yeah, brilliant. I'm going to go on to it to another another sheep that uh, uh, Proctors was. Uh, Chamberwamba. So that's uh, a, a year before that, maybe. And Chamberwamba was a breeder that's done particularly well.
1: Definitely, he was a he was a natural brother to Cinderella and um, Candy Crush that was sold at Lanark for eleven thousand. Um, yeah, um, we um, once our honey eyes we flush, we try and get them back in lamb, and she should um, she should have tup lamb and a Yo lamb, the mother, uh, young gun mummy, and. Um, wasn't born until 5th of April, 4th or 5th of April he was born. Okay. And <coughs> I said to Danny and the kids from day one, I said that something special should be that lamb. And um, he just kept coming and coming. He was never ever going to make Lamarck, but I got him ready for Carolina, thankfully. And um, the Clark Boys and uh, Garngar, David Allen and Andy and Hexel,
0: Donald McPherson, Donald, they bought him. Donald was in as well, that's right, didn't he?
1: Done well, well for all of them. Certainly done well for Donald, anyway. Oh, serious! Uh, he uh, sold a Yellown for twenty thousand, and then sons and grandsons to sixty-five and thirty. Yeah. So, but he, when you're speaking to the Clark boys afterwards, they just said they, they just the hair on them, You know, he, he had it all. Um, great skin, top, good ending, and but they said lovely silky hair, and it was just um, clean and just thought the milk job. The, would be good for that like so no no he's done a he's done a fair job
0: okay just run through Proctor's a little bit i mean Proctor's farms uh, um they they run a, a herd of limousines Are the limousines still there Gary? Uh, First,
1: uh, gary swindlehurst um they um they dispersed the the limousines uh two or three twenty twenty i think it was at Carlisle um, unfortunately for Gary, um, the the old Yeager bomb sort of um, mucked the job up a bit for them. With he used the bat ball heavy for two years on AI, so um, and then it, all the other stuff came out about it. So which didn't which didn't help sort of uh, the boss man sort of
0: thought enough was enough really. So okay, so dispersed the herd, and and the boss man being. There's a guy called Tony Mears, um,
1: the uh, the family used to own the Littlewoods pools years ago, so okay. he was <coughs> he was one of them. So that's
0: that's interesting because I've done a bit of research around um, uh, the Moores family, and of course they were the guys that started Littlewoods pools, and of course big into the Angus and and uh, big at Angus and short in fact, the Moores.
1: Yeah, the Angus and the, the short ones. I don't. I don't know a great deal about the about the outer family, but I do know they they a big of their Angus, and uh,
0: so this they still have the most family involved in that. And 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 Proctor's, you've been with now. What uh, um, Jeff? What yeah. 10, 10, 10, 12 years? Uh,
1: yeah, two thousand nine. We started. Mm. So
0: yeah. Okay. And, and we'll move on to your to your other side of that. Apart from uh, uh, as you said, coaching the youngsters, uh, a jo- big job that you've got going on at the moment. Of course, is. Chairman, I think, and President of the Texel Sheep Society and
1: that's a, a yeah, big honour. Um, big honour, yeah. Um, I was um, I was shown sales chairman a few years back and thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually took over on the board from a guy called Rob Cartledge, and he asked me if I would go on and take over from him and um, <clears throat> one of the biggest eye-openers I ever had. Um, just the amount of work and detail that goes on behind the scenes in the Texel sheep society is unbelievable, and um, we're very, very lucky to have uh, have John Yates at the, as our CEO. Um, his work and dedication towards the breeds unbelievable, along along with the rest of the team. So, and then Roy Campbell asked me if I'd be his vice chairman when he took over uh, three and a half years ago. Roy got an extra year as chairman um, due to COVID because he didn't get out and about around the shows like he like he really wanted to. So, <laughs>
0: Roy, Roy, Roy uh, yeah, he didn't thank COVID for giving him an extra year in that in that <laughs> job. To be fair, but uh, yeah, to... I know, yeah,
1: yeah, but um, no. So, um, I just happened to be chairman now, and we're building now for a massive year. Next year for its uh, 50th anniversary of the Texel Sheep Society.
0: So. Absolutely is, and and, uh, and uh, so yes, of course. And at the moment, you're 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 my boss, there, uh, Jeff, because uh, <laughs> I've been I've been involved with myself and Jonathan Long about uh, we're writing a book on the history of the Texel Society. As <clears> you said for the 50th year coming up next year. So I've done a lot of research on the history of the breed. And a part of this yes. part of the, part of this conversation here now <laughs> is to sort of rack your brains a little bit on some of what you've done and. You're my go-to man on a lot of areas, but uh, it's, uh, it's it's absolute um, well, a legend of, of a story, really, isn't it? The way the Texels have come from a fairly small import of a few sheep to to where they are now at the top of the.
1: Where they are now, yeah, the number one commercial star in the UK, and um, yeah, where they've come from, is just yeah, unreal. And uh, oh, it is. It's a it's a pleasure to have yourself and uh, and John involved in making what i'm sure will be a, a very very good book for us all to sit so down and have a read. out yeah
0: and it's surprising when you look at it that you, the way they've changed during that time as well from some of the early imports and a, a lot of wool on them now to breeding all the wool off them and then breeding a bit more wool back on them again and breeding the heads on and it is it's, it's an interesting roller coaster isn't it but uh, yeah, yeah the breed as you said they've been at the top of the tree for a while now but and, and a lot of Work done on ET, and 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 uh, one or two folks might have a criticism on that. Maybe that the gene pool is tightening because it's too a few. Too, a lot of people relying <laughs> on embryos, should I say, to to uh, to take the breed forward. And, and uh, how are we looking yourself? Uh, how do you think see the breed just now?
1: No, no. Um, I thought when they brought out Scrapey genotype, and the the breed did take a a huge hit because everybody was buying a type one for the sake of buying a type one and. Uh, there were better animals there to be using rather than that, but I think we've recovered from that. Um, uh, Et is a is a super tool to use if it's uh, used correctly, and um, I, I see the breed in a in a very very good place. Um, yeah, the gene pool is getting smaller, but um, at the end of the day, there's only there's only about eighteen percent of birth notifications that are ET, so there's still a lot of. A lot of sheep out there that are not ETs for anybody that would rather not use an ET. So, um,
0: okay, yeah, that's interesting stats. I didn't, I uh, didn't know that. So, only eighteen percent, as you say, of, of the breed that are born by by ET, but some of those are from. You know, some I wouldn't say small flocks, but some flocks just keep just just a set of flushing ewes and and. Uh, well,
1: uh, thing. it's um, it's a popular breed in so many ways, but one of the the biggest reasons for young ones wanting to do taxes is that there's um, no dressing involved with them. Um, obviously, you're not allowed to use shears or hard brushes on them. Um, you spray them up, wash your heads and legs, and away you go. And it's it's a big thing for young ones um, starting to breed. Like we'll lose a few members every year, but we gain about two hundred new members every year. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> fantastic. And we talked about the old with. Uh we're taggy there, in, in, in the distant uh, pedigree, but of course the young ones it, it, for yourself, is your your family there, and and I particularly know Katie and, uh, your daughter, and she's just uh, absolutely on fire at the moment. It's what a what a great, hey, she's yeah. got a good, good good couple of good couple of sires and dams there, but uh, <laughs> she's uh, she's doing really well for herself. So <laughs> give her a shout.
1: I definitely, um, I you would uh, definitely better good blood on both sides. There's no doubt about that, but um. Yeah, she's won uh, every Young Hollanders competition, so it was going, and then she, would, um, she was the first one to win the Dull Hurler Cup, Young Hollanders Cup at the Hen Show, and that's, if you, if you win your own section, which was the Sheep for Katie, she went forward to compete against all the rest of them with horses, cattle, and pigs, and sheep, and hens, and whatever you, so, um, but her. My brother did beat her in the young Honours before that. He was he won the young Honours at the Highland Show when he was seven. So he's got his own small flock of Portal Easter's now. So that uh, he got two from his for, from his
0: granda grand
1: for a Christmas present, and he's he's sitting about ten years
0: now. So uh, he he loves them. Okay. Okay. And so both of them getting involved in in that trade. And, and remind me what age they are now.
1: Yeah. Katie's uh Katie's sixteen and Robbie's fourteen. So they're both uh, they both love their sport as well. They're both big into rugby. Um, Katie's massive in her young farmers. Um, she's currently doing very well with her sheep stock judging, so she keeps winning uh, winning another event with that. so um yeah, I can I can only see one, one, one direction Katie's heading and that'll be be agriculture. So she's doing her exams at the minute and Hopefully, going to ask him Brian at York Agricultural College.
0: So. We well, wish her all the best on that. And I was at—I uh, was speaking at the British Blue Dinner the other night, and uh, I know she was along there. And she got her name got called up, and she earned an award there. I'm not quite sure what it was, to be honest. I didn't. Uh, she was. Yeah,
1: in- I think they the sort of keep track on the young ones who does the best during the year. Um, she came to me a couple of years ago and said um, she'd like to get interested in um, working with cattle as well. So. Um I tried to do my best to encourage them. So uh, at the Longtown Ladies and Lamb Sale, um, I saw Ali Jackson and I asked him, to you ever take anybody on for the summer uh, to help the cattle? And he said, oh, who are you thinking of? And he said, oh, Katie's quite keen. And she, um, He said, no problem. He says, um, tell her she's starting at the bull sales in May. And that was last year. And she happened to show the half that won the overall champion and then made 16,000. So, um, But uh, she's won a lot of young handlers competitions through the year with the Belgian Blues. Um, so it's a big shout out to Kevin Waterton and um, Ali Jackson for allowing her that experience.
0: Some some, um, some team, actually, are some team, aren't they? And I know she was down at the old Welsh show, I see her down there showing the, showing the Catalyst yeah. or in the summer. So, no, good for her. Yeah, that, again, hey that just shows that he uh, could a, a good pedigree a good pedigree breeds good stock but uh, and and take it yeah. <laughs> and, and and a good mentor certainly brings them on so that's that's uh, fantastic that that's that's going on and and just go on yeah. go on to the tackles there we, we a fifty year celebration in twenty twenty four that's right they started so the breed started in nineteen seventy four so uh 50 years up, and, and what can we expect from the Texels next year? Is there going to be a, a few hoolies we can go along and, and have a, a bit of a, a skate at? Oh,
1: definitely. We're, we're trying to get all the clubs to do something themselves, but then obviously
0: um, we're going to have another
1: massive uh, weekend at Carlisle Market Borderway. Um, well, that was so the
0: extravaganza Travaganza that you had. Was that last year yeah. or the year before? you do one of those again? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. We're having another one of them, but a lot more club activities involved in, in that day as well. So, yeah. We've
0: got some dates for us but, on that one now.
1: Not quite yet. The dates aren't finalised. It will be probably be between the the Royal Highland and the Great Yorkshire, somewhere between there. Okay,
0: okay. I might tell you. Make it along to that one, hopefully. And as I said, we've got a we've got a booklet we've nearly got written, uh, Jonathan and myself, that uh, you know the Texel 50 years uh, and a fantastic history it's been, and uh, and a great history you've had yourself there uh, in the breed for this length of time there, and and the future for yourself, you're staying in the Texel breed, and it's it, that that's you through and through.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously I was brought up with Border Leasters and I'll always have a place in my heart. But especially with Robbie having a few now, but when I was going to Balmoral show and I was leaning over the rail, just three or four year olds watching the taxable judge. And I always fancied having a taxable in a game, but um, now I've <laughs> got about 160 years to look after. So
0: yeah. <laughs> use you, either you've done a fantastic job there at Proctor's. And as I said you know, earlier on, the, uh, the success of Proctor's has been purely down to yourself and, and, and a fantastic success. It's been, um, Jeff, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and as I said, you're, you're, as as chairman now you've got next year your two year it's a two year set I think you do for the the Texas Society at at the helm.
1: Yeah, I do two years. Um it wasn't it wasn't an easy decision. Obviously I have two kids doing exams at the minute, but um um I sat down with Jennifer, my wife, who's a. who's been an absolute uh, rock for me right through with reading Texels um, obviously with her background. But um the kids and my wife said they could manage when I'm away at meetings and different things, so it's a big thank you to them for giving me the chance to to have this achievement of being the chairman of the
0: Texel Sheep Society. So Behind every good man is a good woman, but behind them is the father-in-law. And... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll well, he'll, he'll give you some stick when I get him on the next time he's sitting and I've got him on a, on a podcast before, so you hand, hand him some back out there. Hand-tag you a bit of stuff. Oh,
1: I <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, he's he's a character. Like I, I know, I, I take the, the Mickey at him all the time. But uh, I, to be fair, he's he's bred quite a good daughter, so I can't complain. Too much.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Jeff. And as I said, for your know, success to the Texas Society for the next few years, and and uh, congratulations on what you've achieved through through Glen and Proctors, and 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 whatever comes next. No, oh, thank you very much, and It's a pleasure. All right, Jeff. Cheers thank you for listening to this week's episode of top lines and Tales. uh kindly sponsored by harborough and uh if you are getting pedigree stock ready for the summer shows uh, do get in touch with harborough and find out what their feeds could do for you don't forget that harborough was founded of course on top quality feed for show sheep and also get yourself along to the scottish beef event this week you'll find that harborough there are are proud to be sponsoring uh, at the Del Swinton Estate uh, who are hosting the event and uh, they'd love to, to you to visit their stand and say hello. So you can look out uh, Harborough on the internet and uh, or contact your local representative and uh, whilst you're on the internet don't forget to join our Top Lines and Tales Facebook group where you'll find uh, photographs and other information to back up this and previous episodes.